1: to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is Brendan Escott keeping you warm or at least doing my best here. Frigid temperatures in Alberta, but as the rest of North America gets lambasted with a snowstorm, can we count our blessings? Is it too cold to count our blessings in minus 26? I think we'll be okay. One half hour to go here on the Thursday edition of Oilers Now. Brendan Escott with you. Bob Stoffer, hopefully safely making his way from Dallas. Sounds like connecting in Seattle and then back here. We'll get with him tomorrow to preview Oilers and Canucks. 7 o'clock. Puck drop. Last game for the Oilers before Christmas uh, here on 6 30. Chad, Royal Pizza, pizza, pasta, and so much more. Don't miss the festive special right now. You get a $10 bonus coupon with the purchase of a $50 gift card. Royal Pizza still making it great. They've got 15 Edmonton and area locations let's get right to it here with our nhl insider john shannon he joins us for legacy heating and cooling whether it's heating or cooling you need i promise it's heating right now get it with no payments and no interest for a year that's how you build a legacy legacy heating and cooling john i gotta ask you with this this storm kind of arrived or on the way are you
0: safe at home in, in ontario well here's the amazing thing so i i've been out most of the day And it's typical christmas traffic and shopping and such and delivery stuff it's plus six and there's not a drop of snow what plus six yeah is that expected so now we have been told we have been told to brace for it but um you know the great lakes are an amazing thing uh they keep weather away from us at times and they give us bad weather at the other time so we'll have to and i live about 500 meters from the great lake from from lake ontario so we'll, we'll have to uh we'll have to wait and see and brace ourselves but the last time we got warned of one of these things we got uh, like two inches of rain and it was plus four so we'll have to wait and see couldn't
1: believe some of the the weather models I'm seeing online it looks frightening so we're keeping you and everybody out east in our thoughts Uh, the Oilers they were playing up quite a storm last night and, and they had to to keep up with a great Dallas team but that might have been their most complete game of the year John in the sense that they didn't have to rely on that top two to get it done they were able to get contributions for probably most of the game before Connor mcdavid and, and leon dryside really stamped it on things so if you're edmonton against that quality
0: of competition you got to be thrilled with the win boy oh boy I, I i thought um i thought two guys in particular really made a difference for me strictly from that depth per actually maybe three um because i was really impressed with klim coston seemed to get impressed with him all the time then I forget that he was a first-round pick, albeit the last pick of the first round one year by the Blues. Uh, and then Warren Fogle and Kyler and, uh, Yamamoto did what they we expected them to do all season long, and both were rounding into quality form before they both got hurt, if you remember, Brendan. So to see them continue at that level and take a ton of pressure offensively away from... You know, the big two, big three, big four, whatever you want to call them, uh, is really, I think, a tremendous relief. So I think what's happened here, John,
1: is is we've really seen this team endure the loss of a few of its players at the same time. And uh, when you look at where they are in the standings and you think about what maybe could have been, um, people see, I say this because people on the poll that I put out today are almost unanimously saying that this team needs an upgrade on defense, but not necessarily as much in, in the depth up front. And I think that that's acknowledging that Evander Kane is on his way back and so is Ryan McLeod. And not only that, but the guys that have returned already have returned and and started turning things up a bit.
0: Agreed. Uh, I mean, Evander Kane uh, is a huge loss. Um, I I think we kind of understood what he meant to the club last year when you looked at the record once he got signed. Um, And he addresses things on so many issues, not just goal scoring, not just activity in front of the net, but the team gets a lot tougher With evander kane in the lineup uh and as the season wears on and we get to playoffs that's even more important uh you know you have to hope that when mcleod comes back he is going to improve what he was before because he was one of those guys we were counting the lack of goals with brendan before he got hurt but you you know he's a quality player he brings a lot of speed you know he's He's a quality centerman and quality utility forward. So I, I think that you know the people that answered your poll are probably fair. I think they could always use an upgrade on defense. You know, I, I think that that's something that you look at and you say, what's missing? You know, you know it, The amount of mistakes still being made of being able to clear the puck out of their own zone, moving the puck up the ice to the forwards, that can always improve and it would take a huge amount of pressure adding a defenseman it would take a huge amount of pressure off both Skinner and Campbell
1: we've been talking not only today but as well on Tuesday with Frank Saravalli about the fact that the market right now is is kind of stagnant Traditionally, in other years, when the cap isn't flat, maybe we would have seen more action to this point. But the Oilers aren't the only team that are keeping their cards closer to their vest right now, ahead of um, maybe more of a flurry of roster movement come the new year. So I think there's just a worry among the fans that Ken Holland's going to get caught sitting on his hands here. But I suspect when you look at this is the window to win now, like within this year, next year, the year after, I, I would suspect a move is going to be made sooner than later and probably more than just one
0: um well first of all i i don't think ken holland will ever be caught off guard uh, i think there's just too much moxie too much experience uh, y- you may not like his judgment of what he thinks is a quality player versus what others think are quality players uh, but he will he will never be late to the dance you know, you know, there's a, there's a huge difference for a general manager between the objective and the subjective, and you know, the subjective one is the the situation where, you know, the 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 fans want Jacob Chikrin, and he goes and finds another defenseman that fits in differently. Um, that to me is the that's the difference, and that's the challenge every manager has. When you, particularly when you work in such a, an experienced hockey market, a knowledgeable hockey market is Edmonton, you know, there's a lot of people that spend a lot of time thinking about this as fans, as opposed to you know, looking from the outside. And I think that I think that Kenny's always going to. I think Kenny's always working. You know, I mean, you know, the the Samarukov cost Rukov trade's a a good example. Uh, it was Sam Rukov was never going to fit in, in 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 this for this club. There was a belief finally, and there was obviously a belief in Doug Armstrong's world that Kostin wasn't going to fit in as a forward for him. And it seems to I, I can't speak for Sam Rukov for the Blues, but Kostin has certainly fit in well with the Oilers. So K- Kenny's never going to n- never going to miss an opportunity. You may not like the opportunity he takes. But he'll never miss an opportunity.
1: And I think, you know, to that point, John, you can't be too quick to forget that Zach Hyman was his addition. Evander Kane was a risk that, that he took. So he has yeah. not shown um, a history in Edmonton of sitting on his hands. But when you look at some of the other teams that are also not where they'd like to be in the standings, uh, it just may be a sense they don't want to get beat to the punch from the fans' perspective.
0: Well, and, 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 and that's the challenge. And it's funny, we had Ray Ferraro on our... Uh, our podcast earlier in the week and and we got talking about bo horvat in 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 a same scenario in a same discussion point Uh, and 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 as he said to us he reminded us there you know there are probably 25 other managers in, in similar situations to what the canucks have with bo horvat and and you know how many times how many phone calls can be made to say okay we're interested in horvat but here's what we're prepared prepared to play pay And that becomes then, you know, a multiple choice situation, a multiple choice opportunity. And I don't know if Frank talked about it when he was on, but what this flat cap creates a challenge for is multi-team trades. And how much longer does that take when you're moving cash around, not just between two clubs, but you're moving probably between three and perhaps more. Yeah, Frank has titled this trade deadline the uh, the year of
1: the third-party broker. So I think right. he expects there to be quite a few of those types of deals made. Uh, and, and it makes sense because when Edmonton's look at where they're at with the cap and are still looking to add pieces to become a better team for the playoffs, there's going to have to be some sort of leeway here in terms of giving up a draft pick and uh, that sort of thing.
0: Well, and, and let's face it, a guy like Julian Brisebois in Tampa Bay would not have been able to win two consecutive Stanley Cups without doing three-party deals. Yep.
1: John Shannon, our NHL insider, joining us for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Uh, was listening to your uh, your buddy Boomer there on NHL Hockey uh, or NHL Network Radio this morning, John. we were talking about the length of the schedule. It came back up again, and the 84-game schedule that's been proposed expected to be at least on the agenda for March GM meetings. I, I, I suspect if we go to 84 regular season games, and I'm not sure who's clamoring for that, that would be a
0: much shorter Preseason and maybe even a shorter training camp. Fifteen-day training camp and four preseason games. Four. Yeah. So they're not y- seven and eight or six and seven. Some teams, teams. Some teams have. Some teams have seven. Some teams has has had as low as five. Most had six or seven. But uh, the plan. And, and by the way, this has never been. This is strictly something that has been an internal discussion in the office. Um, in the NHL. It has never been brokered to the clubs in a formal manner, presented to all 32 teams. Here's what we're thinking. Uh, You know, and and part of this 84-game schedule really is, is you you may think, well, it's there to drive revenue, but what's really happened is at the Board of Governors meeting two weeks ago, uh, there, was a, there was a notice that from some of the clubs that said, you know, our, our, our regional rivalries aren't getting enough attention. You know, we want to play, well, in the, in the case of the Oilers, they want to play the Flames more than three times, and we don't want them over by the end of December, which they will be this year. Yeah. So, the, the optimum, I think, for a lot of clubs would be they'd like to get back to seeing a team four or five times in their own division or in their own regional rivalries but then that throws a ton of stuff askew and the easiest way to get those regional rivalries back on par is to add two regular season games so it's easier on the math And and this is all on the basis too, Brendan, that the playoff format is not changing. It will never change as long as Gary Bettman's there because he believes in the playoff format.
1: Now, this has come to the forefront with the addition of the two expansion teams, of course, because now you're taking two, or I guess... Uh, yeah, at least two games away from the perspective of a, a cross-conference team. But, you know, it, there may have been a, a more, I guess, even plan before Vegas and uh, and Seattle had stepped in and interfered in that
0: scheduling sense. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it is. Uh, and, and, well, let me, let me just tell you, when I, jo- I joined the league in 2006, and in those first two years that I was at the league, Eastern Conference teams only visited the Western Conference once every second year. So when th- that meant Alex Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby only came to Edmonton once every two years. Uh, and there was a real belief within the league that every team needs to play in every arena at least once. So once you do that, once you say every team's coming to Edmonton and Edmonton is going to every arena, well, that's... That's a lot of games. You know, do the math. Mm-hmm. You know, two, two games against every other team, every, every team in the East, uh, that's, yeah. that's 32 games automatically. So now you're, if you on an 82 game schedule, you're down to 50 games. You haven't even discussed how many games you want to play against your other division in your conference. And in theory, you should play more against that, that other division in your conference because of the wild card seedings for the playoffs, because that's a factor. And then you haven't even then discussed how many times you play teams in your own division. So that's why the 84 has come up. That's how we've got the 84 is because they're trying to find an easy solution to getting the teams happier with their region, regional rivalries and all the well being able to say to people, we're putting, you know, another it depends on the club we're, we're putting it giving you another home game so that's another in the case of a team like the Oilers, between three and four million dollars in your coffers uh, which goes to hockey related revenue which goes into helping every team and every player so there isn't a downside to it other than it's more hockey and i don't you know you have to ask yourself as a fan Do you want to see longer schedule? Do you want to see a shorter schedule? Are you happy with the schedule the way it is? I don't even know if it's more hockey,
1: just better hockey in the sense that if you're taking it away from the preseason and applying it maybe towards (laughs) the later end of the season, you're hoping for better quality and better quality in terms of the opponents too.
0: Edmonton, Calgary three times is a travesty. No, it's disappointing, but, and, and I'll tell you what, when you, if you're a Ranger fan, you want to play the Islanders more than three times, and you want to play the Devils more than three times, and that's exactly what's happened for those three teams as well. Well, it's good to know that it's not exclusive to the Alberta teams. No, no, I, I, and and here's here's the, that's the magic elixir right there, Brendan. Because every place, every time I'm on radio in different cities, the the the, the, the line is, well, it's only us that happens to. We're the only ones that get picked on. You know, we're the victims in all this. And I'll tell you what, if if that's the case, then the league has done a good job of creating 32 victims. <laughs>
1: Good stuff, John. Always appreciate a chance to pick your brain. Thank you. Much better questions today than Bob would ask. I'll make sure he knows if he gets back safe. <laughs> Thanks, John. <laughs> Bye. 149 here in Edmonton. We will wrap up the show with your texts, but I will I will remind you right now, John Shannon was today's headliner for our friends at Wilhock Beef Jerky. It is the best you've ever tasted. Forget it just might be. It is. Search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Maybe you're at the mall. They've got to stand there. It is uh yeah, oh, we're getting late in the show baby. Let's take a break. And Derek, we got a request for Sugar Hill Gang. Do you think you can do something on the way back? Let's make I it can find it. Let's make it happen. This is Oilers now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio
0: 630 Chad.
1: for you Ralph it's a very hip-hop holiday here with Brendan and Derek on Oilers Now Bob back tomorrow previewing Vancouver and Edmonton live from Rogers Place seven o'clock puck drop tomorrow 5 30 for the face-off show on six thirty. Chad let's get to the Oilers Now prospect report it's brought to you by Reface Magic save money on your kitchen renovation don't replace Reface, okay. Reed Schaefer. I know he's been the focal point of this, but uh, he is at the World Juniors right now, representing Canada, looking every bit the part of a six foot four, two hundred twenty pounder in the team's six one win over uh, Slovakia yesterday. The Oilers' top pick from last year's draft is uh, joined on on Team Canada, of course, by Dylan Gunther, who also was uh, was shining in that game. Beautiful snapshot goal for Gunther. Saint Albert's Colton Daw was a physical menace as well he scored a goal Canada closing out pre-tournament action tomorrow night against Finland and then they open preliminary round play on uh, Boxing Day versus Czechia. it's always cool to, to have you know if you're an Oilers fan you got an Oilers project uh, product on the team that doesn't happen every year so um, especially a homegrown one like Reed uh, Reed Schaefer is from right there in Spruce Grove so not not <laughs> he's he's big and he will be a huge part, literally and f- physically, uh, um, literally metaphorically, I guess, of the Oilers when he gets here. He's a big frame. But Colton Dock is huge. Zach Ostopchuk is huge. Canada's defense is is huge. If you heard Stephen Ellis earlier in the week from uh, Daily Faceoff on, like it's one of the bigger teams that we've seen in recent memory for Canada. Will it translate to a back-to-back gold medal? Uh, I guess we'll see. U.S. are looking pretty good as well. But... Um, Nice to have Reed Schaefer there. A couple of texts to close out the show here. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. A couple of texts over the last few days asking about uh, Chris Russell and the league's all-time leading shot blocker. Wouldn't he make sense as a depth option? I think uh, I, I think old Cowboys hung up his hat. I think that uh, you got to roll him out at this point. He was a great contributor, but um, I don't know that you're asking the right question if Chris Russell is the answer right now. Bo Horvat's another Zach Hyman. Look what he's done for the team. No, Bert, I understand it. If you could get. Bo Horvat there's 31 teams in the league for some reason the Canucks don't seem to value him but there's 31 teams in the league that look at Bo Horvat and say this guy's going to help us get closer to a Stanley Cup problem is Horvat knows that and he's he's probably going to get paid about seven million dollars this offseason Edmonton would have to do salary cap gymnastics the likes of which you could not possibly stretch enough for I just don't think it's going to work And even if it did, I would rather see a $6.5 million player on the back end, behind Darnell Nurse or ahead of him or whatever it looked like. But if that's Matthias Ekholm instead of Bo Horvat, I think this team, again, is closer to a Stanley Cup. This texture says... uh, We need the forwards to come back and pick up the third and fourth man in. Just look at some players plus minus, including in the top two. Five on five, plus minus, of course. It's not necessarily great. And here's where I tell you the goal differential for this team, again, is only like plus seven now after that win against Dallas, despite the fact that Edmonton has scored over 120 goals this season. The team's goal differential is not plus double digits, so they are surrendering a ton. They do need forwards to pick up on the back check. Absolutely. Polish Pounder, what a handle. He says, let's bring back Corey Cross. I don't know what Corey Cross is up to these days. Nick says, we, uh, we don't have cap, face, cap space. rather, You just need a consistent effort from the whole team. Nick says Kenny Claus had better just sit and watch. A trade won't help if the team isn't playing consistently. Another texter wants to know how much Jonathan Taves would be worth next season. Of course, Taves on the expiring contract, and may that end up being the difference. It could drive down his acquisition costs, sure. But what would he sign for next year? Probably not very much. 35 36 years old is is Taves he's winning face-offs at a 65 percent clip this year that's why I like Jonathan Taves and I think we see now what Duncan Keith meant to the team as well Duncan Keith uh, still a member of the front office here I wonder if he's got any say in where John Taves might end up Coming up tonight on 630, Chad Reed Wilkins has Inside Sports. It's a Thursday edition. It is post-media sports writer Derek Van Deest back from Qatar. Covered the World Cup. He's going to tell you all about it. We'll also hear from writer Jeff Perlman on his new Bo Jackson book. Thanks very much to everybody who contributed on the text line today. Always a blast hosting the show. This day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. Give the gift of travel. Join Oilers now in Vegas this January. Watch the team play the Vegas Golden Knights. Call New West Travel. Go online at newwesttravel.com. 2011 Edmonton opening the game. Four unanswered goals. They beat Minnesota 4-1 at Rexall Place. Leonard Petrell had a goal, was also shown the gate from checking from behind. We got Elliot Friedman coming up on the show tomorrow for Abe's Door Service. Bob's back to host. Up next, it's Eileen with the headlines. Angela Colcott from two to three, and then six thirty chat afternoons with Jaylen and I. So long, everybody.